Hey, all you party people. Uh, I'm your host with the most, Brett Pierce, and uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nova Scotia Hidden Gems, a music podcast. Um, so before we get going, I just want to send out my condolences uh, to the families of the uh, fishermen that have gone missing in the Bay of Fundy on the South Shore. Uh, it's a pretty grim time down there, so you guys just um, keep strong. This is a, a really important time to be Nova Scotia strong. Uh, and everybody that's out there listening, can you please send your prayers and good vibes and all those things uh, to the families of the fishermen? So I'm just going to name them. Uh, so there's Captain Charles Roberts, Aaron Cogswell, Dan Forbes, Eugene Francis, Michael Drake, and Leonard Gabriel. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the podcast uh, where I'll be talking to Keith Mullins. Hello, everybody. How's it going today? Uh, on this rainy, rainy day, I'm joined with the amazingly talented Keith Mullins. How you doing? Thanks. Good, great to be here. Thanks, Brent. Not a problem. So uh, let's just jump right into it. I'll get you to give the listeners a little taste of uh, who you are. All right. Uh, yeah, so my name's Keith. Uh, I play music for a living. I do all, all kinds of different things in order to uh, keep busy. Uh, from uh, most, most of what I do is songwriting. And collaborating with uh, other artists, and I do, and I do production, and I'm a session musician. I play uh, drums, guitar, bass, piano, sing songs. I grew up in a musical family, so I play all the instruments. I have a degree in music from Dow, uh, in classical percussion. I studied in West Africa. I lived in Havana, Cuba. Studied there for a while, and uh, yeah, it all just kind of adds up to what I am today. Uh, made for, you know uh, quite a few records with a lot of different people and um, and I've, I have I don't know how many records I've had <laughs> maybe six I think and uh, you know some of them are collaborations with schools and and most most of them are solo projects uh, so uh, maybe I'll I'll play a tune okay so this is a new tune uh, that I wrote uh, with a guy named Ryan Langua from Alberta. Uh, we wrote it over uh, during COVID, uh, over online stuff, uh, over Zoom, and uh, this is what we came up with. We were just talking about, you know, we were talking about this, you know, this very thing of like adapting to the the new world. Like as a musician, like you know, musicians are seem to be in a lot of ways at the bottom of the barrel. You know, people that are the all our shows are getting canceled. All our, you know, performances have had to. We've everybody has had to adapt to being online and and try new things. And everybody's, you know, and for me, like I built this studio here. We're here in in, in my house in Bedeck, Nova Scotia. And I from June till September, I pretty much worked at it every day. Built a twelve by sixteen studio over three months. And uh, now I'm I'm producing a bunch of different artists, but uh, this is the kind of the conversation that we had uh, when when we wrote the tune. So this is called uh, this is called hard to beat a man that never gives up. People ask me what it takes to keep moving on. If you got a couple of minutes. Tell you, but the list is long. Well, it's a crowded house with good people singing songs. It's a blessing and a curse. 
Thanks so much for that. Uh, so, you were telling me a story when I first walked in here, and I just want to give the listeners a little taste. Yeah. It's like blowing my mind. It's cool that uh, that's what I love the most. I think is that musicians now are getting the chance to uh, you know kind of experience getting out of the East Coast and getting out of uh, you know Nova Scotia roots and mm-hmm. getting to work with bigger names, you know, more resources and stuff like that. So, uh, you go ahead. Um, what do you want? Uh, what do you mean? What do you want me to talk about? So uh, you were telling me that you uh, took a trip to LA. Yes. Uh, and uh, you had some some good times and some bad times. Uh-huh. There. Yeah. So I um, let's see. In uh, early February, I uh, went down to Los Angeles. I was working with this. Uh, well, I did bunch a co- bunch of co writes during that week, but I was mainly working with this guy. His name's Stephen McClintock, who. He wrote a, a bunch. He's written hits over the years, but he's he wrote a hit. One in particular was for um, Tiffany. You know that uh, record. I think we're alone now. Oh yeah. Doesn't seem. To, yeah, he wrote it. He wrote a few tunes. I think on that record, um, there was a uh, a slow tune on there. All I need or something like that. It was a slow tune. It was a hit. He wrote that, and um, 
and he does he's a publisher and does a mm-hmm. bunch of work for uh, for ESPN he does work for all kinds of people oh, wow. in, in LA and uh, he he actually has a, a house on an island in Sherbrooke Nova Scotia wow and he came out to one of my shows uh, one time and he's like man why don't you come down to LA I was like I'd love to. <laughs> you know, and he had bought my CD. He saw me play and bought my CD. And and uh, so so then, you know, I made the trip happen. And uh, I first arrived. And I, before I got into the, um, into the airport, into LAX in the lobby, uh, I looked in my, in my backpack and someone ripped off my wallet. There's a thousand bucks cash in there. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> and so, so then I'm like, and he gave me his his he gave me his Lexus for the week, and uh, and so I'm driving around L.A. with like my passport for identifications, <laughs> identification, and like, it's not like, you know, like around here it's like, you know, there's like three or four RCMP that live on my block, and they all know me. I play basketball with a few of them, and you know, L.A. cops. Are not like that, right? <laughs> and, and so I was, I was a little bit nervous about that, but I made it around LA and did a bunch of writing sessions, um, and maybe I'll play you a tune that I, I wrote off off one of those. Uh, but uh, I ended up uh, getting COVID uh, on the way home, and it was early February, so although I never, I'm not, t- I wasn't tested, hundred percent positive, but I had three or four doctors um, all say. Yes, those are the symptoms for COVID, and you were in LA in early February, and it was it, it was strong together. there at that time. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. And so, and my kids got it too, and I I couldn't move for about a week. I had like really bad back pain, and uh, I was stuck in bed, and I never went to the hospital at that time because I was like, well, what if it's not COVID, or what if it is COVID? I don't want to I don't want to give it to anybody, so I just stayed home. I just and it was pre like no one was talking about quarantining anything at that time, and um, and so I just m- me and the kids all had it, and um, you know survived and we were fine and and uh, I woke up one night and there was I was dreaming that I was swimming, and uh, and I I woke up and I put my hand down the bed and it splashed in the bed there was like two three inches of sweat that had poured out all around me. That was what the night my fever broke. And I've never had a, I've never been sick like that ever in my life. I'm a pretty healthy dude. Like I like to eat well and I, I exercise a lot and, and, um, so I got over it. That's good. A couple week vacation for you. eh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what it took? It took me actually a few months to vocally get, get it back. Oh, and it would, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had like these bronchial issues that were like every morning kind of thing. Not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nasty. But know, I got some great songs. Here, I'll play you one. Cool. Yeah, this one's called uh, Hoping to Healing. I wrote this one with a guy named Warren Sellers. And uh, he was, you know, he used to hang out with the uh, the Z Boys, you know, the skaters yes, in LA. Are you joking me? Like Dogtown? He's, he's part, yeah. He's, I, think, I think there's actually like a guy in Dogtown that is him. And he, uh, he, 
yeah, he's a skater and a songwriter. He's still, and he's like, there's pictures, he's on his Facebook, there's like pictures of him on like, doing a handstand on a banana board. Bonkers. Wow, <laughs> bonkers. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, um, okay, so this one's called uh, Hoping to Healing. So it's like, uh, the chorus is like, I went from broken, I went from broken to hoping, and hoping to healing. Finally found some freedom, and it feels good to feel it. I don't know what you did, I was more than willing. I went from broken to hoping, and hoping to healing. I couldn't breathe for a minute. My life was going, but a show wasn't. Find your way through it. I went from broken to hoping, and hoping to healing. Finally found some freedom, and it feels good to feel it. I don't know what you did, but I was more than willing. I went from broken to hoping, and hoping to healing. You came to me at the right time. You grabbed my soul. That's Unreal, another tune from Keith. Uh, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about the songwriting process because it's clear, obviously, just from hearing your songs, you're a super talented songwriter, an incredible lyricist. Uh, so why don't you lead us through your process a little bit? Um, okay, well, I mean, it depends on the situation. But um, usually it's title-based. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so right now... I'm writing uh, a record with um, Petacodiac Regional School in um, in Petacodiac, outside of Moncton, and so I've written in the past month. I think I've written twelve songs with them, and basically I will go. The um, th there are some rules for this album. We're writing. It's all about COVID mm. stuff, and how did how has COVID affected you? How what do you what do you think? Are there is there anything cool that would sound in a, that would be in a song? Um, and 
you know, one of the tunes that one of the kids came up with was um, The City is a Ghost Town, right? And uh, another kid came up, We Gotta Move On. Uh, How old are these kid, kids? They're from grade. Well, kids are amazing because which is like those are really those are spot on. <clears throat> yeah, <man. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the tune is in, is like uh, uh, play just a little bit of it. So I basically get together with them on Zoom, uh, usually a few times a week, and uh, it usually takes us about, and their their sessions are about 35 minutes, and it usually takes us about two to three sessions to get the tune finished, and we've written 12 tunes in the past like month and a half, I'd say. And um, so basically I get them to just not, not necessarily worry about rhyming at first, mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, anything they don't have to, it doesn't have to sound cool or anything. I just like, I just say, write down city is a ghost town at the top of your page. What does that mean to you? Give me five minutes, right? You know, what, what, what's, what happens that's related to that? You know, and then take them through it, and, uh, and then the different people will read me stuff, and then I'll just write a song based on that information um it's i'm usually pretty quick once i have a title Mm -hmm. it only usually takes me an hour or two to write the song and then you know a little bit of editing here and there as time goes on you know i think with songwriting too it's a combination of uh phonetically rolling off the tongue nicely uh yet priority is that the words make sense to me i my songwriting is I don't, I'm not like a, uh, you know, like Gord Downey, where you like, you listen to a Gord Downey, Downey song, you can interpret a Gord Downey song two million different ways, yeah. and none of them are going to be alike, mm-hmm. you know? H- hardly. Maybe that, that's exaggerated, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I prefer that people will uh, understand what I'm saying, even if I'm speaking metaphorically. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we're sitting here having a conversation, uh, in my songwriting, that's important to me with the songs that I play, that people understand what I'm saying. Now, I, I do write with people that it's not necessarily like that, and they they want the mystery. Mm-hmm. I think it's just important to recognize whether, how you want yes, because your so, song to come across. Yeah, and like some artists would like the music to be at the forefront of the song, and that right. to be the, you know what I mean, not to be the emphasis. Right, and, But whereas exactly. like myself and yourself being in the more of the singer songwriter realm like then the right. vocals and the you know those kinds of things and the lyricism connection is super exactly. important yeah yeah, so. yeah. On, a, on a on a verbal level on a, on a on a lyrical level uh, yeah connection is super important to me and um, yeah yeah and now um, as far as like collaborating with artists so right now I'm I'm producing um, four different artists so right and and I'm writing for them and writing with like writing with them for them mm-hmm. and so you know I try and um, I try and put myself in their shoes and think about what they want to sing and trying to help them sing what they want to sing mm-hmm. you know and not 
necessarily let my ideas yeah. of what it has to be get in the way yes yeah. and that's one thing that like i always wondered about because i'm a person who like i haven't really done too much collaboration to this mm -hmm. point like do creative differences come into play a lot do you find or well i see i th i had a real like um epiphany um during it was like a few years ago um i've written written with a lot of people and and had had some i think i had some good instincts about songwriting but um there's this guy he wrote this book it's called murphy's law of songwriting his name's ralph murphy he passed away um maybe a year ago or so and uh he's a nashville guy and country songwriter he's written lots of hits and uh he he's got like he's got it all down to rules and he he uh one time, I was, well, I did this workshop with him. It was through SOCAN and ECMA. It was like a dozen of us. It was like me, Michaela Lynn. You know Michaela? Yeah. She yeah. was there. Chris Kirby. A um, bunch of people there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were all writing songs. And and he was like, I brought this song to him that me and Chris Kirby wrote. And he's like, well, that song pisses me off. He said. <laughs> <laughs> right? And... Uh, He's like, go home and, and rewrite it, you know, and, you know, and you need, yeah, it's got to be, and he taught me a lot about, you know, clarity and, 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 and song form and, and he's got like, he's got basically all hit songs down to, I think about eight forms wow. of music that could probably actually be only five or something mm -hmm. like that. And, uh, there was a lot of, I read his book like two or three times and he basically does this presentation of his book. Mm. So if you count that, then it would be four times. But um, it was a real epiphany for me about clarity mm -hmm. and making sure that uh, the listener knows what you're saying yeah. and what are you actually trying to say there. So I do a lot of that when I'm collaborating with songwriters. I'm mm. like, uh, I don't understand that line. So what do you? I think you're trying to say this. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to change that. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and they're like, okay, I agree with you. You know, when you, when there's like holes in it yeah. in that kind of way mm -hmm. and clarity and like, so it's like this combination of like things rolling off the tongue and clarity and, and, and making sure that people are saying what they want to say yeah. is, is more what my, what I bring, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and, and musically, you know, there's. I've been doing it for a really long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know all the substitutions for chords and play piano and guitar and all the stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, but I'm educated in drums. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, and, and so what I'm doing with these artists now, like Morgan Tony, uh, we, we've written, um, well, we've only written one tune together. Uh, and it's called Imsit Nogama, which means all my relations. And cool. he's he's a Mi'kmaq First Nations from Waimakuk. And uh, so we wrote this tune, you know, for him to sing. And I've got uh, six tunes recorded uh, with him. So basically he comes in, plays the fiddle. I play mostly all the other parts, but sometimes we have uh, featured musicians in. Like, we, like I got Ashley McIsaac to play a fiddle solo nice. on one track and mm. then we had Mary Beth Cardi and Bradley Murphy and 
because uh, they play in a band with him too and they they sang with him That's amazing. but uh, otherwise I play all the instruments and then also what I do though is um, I, I uh, push the tune out to radio and media push the tunes out to radio and media help them with the whole the whole process wow. of you know okay this is what you want to do you need to get um, you know you need to get artwork done mm. I would you know and say and then we're gonna so I was like you know you should call you know Alan Silboy who is a Mi'kmaq artist in, in Truro mm -hmm. who's fantastic and, and we're like I was like you need to get a hold of him because yeah. we should use Mi'kmaq art as a cover and blah 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 and just yeah. like kind of mentor it, mentor him through the whole process mm -hmm. and I've been doing that and I helped him write a grant you know got a grant from CB Mike for, for him for 1700 bucks and then I, I helped out um, Isabella Sampson from St. Peter's she got yeah, 25 she's, and she's incredibly, like, incredibly talented she's incredible yep and I wrote a tune with her and recorded a tune with her. Um, same same deal. And I'm working with this guy, uh, Jesse Cox. Okay. Uh, he's from uh, Bay St. Lawrence. Nice. Like up Meat Cove Way. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we've been co-writing and, um, and helping them through the whole, the whole process. You know, because it's taken me 10 or 20 years to figure out the whole process. Mm -hmm. And having to do it myself, you know, you, as a musician, you know, we're constantly having to adapt Absolutely. to the situation so covid was really not that i always wanted to build a studio i just never had the time yeah covid was just the the kick in the ass to do it am i allowed to say ass absolutely okay it was the kick in the ass to uh to to get my studio built and now you know I, i've applied for i applied for four grants mm -hmm. from for cb mike which is like difficult all in itself right yeah like, yeah yeah but you got to know the grant process too mm -hmm. and the i made help helped all the, the all four of us we did uh including myself uh, develop marketing plans and um and and got them recordings and recordings mm -hmm. that they felt good about wow. and and submitted them and we got all four mm -hmm. so amazing yeah and then ashley mccaiser called me to produce his next record too well there you go so it's just like snowballing and which is amazing and yeah. i mean like that is one huge thing is that these like okay so these grants that you guys are applying for mm -hmm. they're giving you guys these necessary funds yep. that these musicians don't have in the first place but mm -hmm. also the most valuable thing that i'm hearing is mentor 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 right right because you're here telling me and like I, I did touch on it last week how it's like music is just so vast and huge and there's so many different elements to it from performing mm -hmm. to your image to your whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean you're here sitting and telling me that you you write, you perform, you've you've studied it, you teach it, you know what I mean? So you mm -hmm. are literally the embodiment of everything yeah. in music. Like you, you learn it And I you, I just had to look I had to do it by you know, it's sink or swim. Yeah. Right? And in the music industry is very much sink or swim. And you have to be able to, to for me, I've been able to make a living at it because I've always been able to stay busy yeah. in some other way. Whether whether it's playing schools, I've done, you know, usually for like about 15 years, I did like 50 to 75 workshops in schools nice. per year um, all across the country, down into Tennessee. I, I did a bunch of workshops for um, Dolly Parton, met Dolly Amazing. at wow. Dollywood. Yeah. Holy. And, uh, and, and I've done them from Newfoundland to BC, you know, I played in the Yukon and the Northwest Territories, you know, and then house concerts, you know, I'll do a lot of house concerts and I find they're, they're really helpful. Like mm -hmm. basically if people don't know the house concert circuit, it's basically like, you know, anywhere from 
20 to 200 people show up at a house they all pay 20 to 30 bucks and all the money goes to the musician mm-hmm. you know so those those have really helped me over the years as well yeah and it's about looking for creative avenues to kind of get those those jobs and those because yes. like monetization in the music industry is not always easy yeah uh, which is That's another right. thing that I wanted to touch on with you is that like so I had an experience not that long ago where you know and I've been I've been playing live for a decade right mm-hmm. um and I walk in and I say, oh, this is my price. Yeah. And I basically get laughed off. And it's like, right. no, 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 we'll offer you this. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I want venues to understand that that is not, I, it's just not fair to the artist, right? Because yeah. these, like, we put in a lot of work and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see us for one, two, three hours, whatever we're doing our set for. Yeah. But the countless hours that we're putting in behind the scene is. Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you one thing that I've learned is you try to get people to tell tell you their price Mm -hmm. and then you tell them whether you're willing to do it for that or not because you know i've I've played gigs for fifty dollars and i've played gigs for thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and i'm playing the same songs yeah and i mean just (laughs) to be clear like you have to do both right right? you're not not always going to be playing Uh those huge concerts you've got to do both you know and when i when i started when i was like in my early 20s i'm 43 i turned 43 in uh next week and uh, and I've been playing playing gigs since I was fifteen, mm-hmm. and um, like I had I had a taste like I was playing with like Bruce Guthrie playing drums with him when wow. I was like eighteen. That's incredible. And like and and played like Vancouver Olympics with Lenny Gallant and played like uh, I was like a house drummer for ECMAs what? and played with like George Canyon and all those guys. And they were just wheeling me around from artist to artist uh, as the drummer when I was like 22, 23 years old. And I made like three grand off that CBC television ECMA show, right? For people who at home can't see, I'm like, my jaw's like on the floor. You know, like this is, that's right. incredible, man. So, so uh, you know, I, had, I also had a taste of what music paid and was like, you know, 20 years ago, pre- you know, when it was just like uh, Napster and it really didn't have that amount of a, much of effect on a musician's pocketbook. And where I would see, you know, where everybody in the world, like, and their dog all had a CD collection. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I would see those guys, sometimes those those guys, they might sell 100 or 150 CDs, like 20 bucks a piece, man. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money if yeah. you sell a hundred hundred CDs. That's two thousand dollars. Like, exactly. Yep. So, you know that, that was the music industry was different mm-hmm. uh, twenty years ago, and there's you have to come up with a lot more creative ways. I mean, it is you do have access mm-hmm. to the whole world. Yeah, but everybody has access to the whole world. Exactly. It's finding a needle in a haystack, pretty much. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. It, in some ways, it's easier. It's more convenient. If you know, it's like if you're willing to do the work, then uh, you can make a moderate uh, living at it. But yeah. it's not as um, explosive, yeah. money mm-hmm. wise. And it's like you said, it's all about being able to adapt, right? Like that's how you're eventually going to be able to make that money. You have to be able yes. to adapt to every situation, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, I'm not going to hold you for any longer because yep. I just I want to say thank you so much. I really yep, appreciate the time you gave me, and it's been unreal chatting with you. Yeah. Uh, so while I still got you, why don't you plug your stuff and tell everybody where they can find you and what to? Yeah, I'm I'm available on all the all the music channels. You know, Spotify, YouTube. Um, my email's Keith at KeithMullins.ca. If anyone wants to reach out, um, be, I'm happy to work with anyone. Awesome. So, again, thank you so much. And do you want to play us out with something? Or? Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what do I want to play? Okay. Uh, I got a tune first. So this is a tune I wrote with uh, Jeremy Fisher in Ottawa. Um, we wrote it. We originally, it started to be about uh, my, budge, my son's budgie bird, but it ended up being about a person. Uh, this is called Into the Sun. Got these wings, I'm meant to fly. Restless in my cage as the world goes by. The news from yesterday is underneath my feet. Seems like my world is gone to see. I want to find a way. Rusty cage Like I was born To do I want to spread My wings Just leave everything And glide Into the sun With you I hear the call Of the wild From my window see you sitting on that wire What did you answer to the ringing of the bell My head keeps spinning on this carousel I want to fly away From this rusty cage Like I was born Just leave everything have it the man the myth the mullins so thank you so much keith uh i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me uh and just sharing all of your knowledge that you have about the uh the musical realm with us so again uh my name is brett and if you want to find me you can find me on instagram at nova scotia hidden gems you can find me on facebook at nova scotia hidden gems a music podcast uh and if you want to give me any suggestions of people that you might want to see on the podcast uh, then you can email me at nshiddengems at gmail.com. Right on, guys. Rock on. <laughs>